welcome to episode 132 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashin Dumont. I am another host, Mr. Paul Robinson, and welcome to the, to the last, last show, show of, of the year. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> really smooth. Really smooth. Yeah. That was about as smooth as sandpaper there, my yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just eased right into that. Yeah. What better way to end the year with just complete chaos and fuckery? Yeah. And what a year it's been. Mm-hmm. Boo. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I'm just trying to trying to get comfortable here. Yeah. It's not it's not easy. Mm-mm. It's not easy to do in this tiny little podcast studio. First yeah. world problems. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, we're mostly talking reviews. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that's come out. That's usually what they do for the holidays. They whole bunch of things drop and they hoard everything for that time. Yeah. So we've got some uh, some some major hitters here that came out. So tons yeah. of spoilers. If you haven't seen them, then maybe just check us out a little bit later Yeah. when you've caught up. But chances are a lot of people have seen these because, you know, they have off for the holiday and, yeah. you know, they watch things. Yeah. Like we did. That's right. Um, okay. So uh, there was uh, there was one thing that uh i was gonna talk about mm-hmm. and um i don't know if i should talk about it now or save it i'll save it i'll just leave you in anticipation right. what could she possibly in the business we call that a tease to talk about i guess you'll have to wait um okay so let's just jump right into it unless anything has happened has anything happened in the in the biz, is chris nolan upset about anything this week no tom cruise <laughs> is but just oh well yeah I mean, I don't know. The the praise that he's getting for that, though, from certain people, I think is ridiculous because it's like, do you honestly think that this is, that that tirade was based solely on the well-being of people's... Yeah, or uh, not planned. No, I don't know that it was planned. I don't know that it would be planned. Well, I don't mean planned I mean, as in like whatever, but I feel like it was a PR stunt. That's what planned is. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but like the everybody wasn't in on it. It was just something he planned on doing. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's like a pretty stupid thing to have a a stunt. I'll on. just say this: at first, when I heard it, I was I projected some of my own frustrations with people, mm-hmm. you know, on it. And I was like, "Yeah, follow the rules, you idiots! It's just the mask, blah blah blah." And then I started thinking about it some more, and I'm like, you know, that's not really a way to treat people. No, it's not. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it's like, I I don't. I mean, look, that type of the film. Industry has enough problems with workplace issues, you know, in terms of sexual harassment and representation and all this stuff. It's just a whole, and then just to add this kind of like, I'm the producer so I can yell at people mm-hmm. mentality is just like furthering the decline of the the uh, the situations that occur on set, you know, and um, well, it's like the you know the the bail on the old Russell, yeah, uh, you know. Um, complex that it just makes me wonder have. when this all started when it was like you know the power always been like that well, that's just what i'm saying it's recorded. like the power structure well i'm talking more about the power structure in hollywood in terms of like you know old white guys getting away with whatever they want you, you know me? in you terms know how of hollywood was born this this has been since the dawn of since since know, the dawn of just, film this is what it's been like except you know like these you, these like you were usually a woman at the end at the other the, end the of the auteur directors that get to yell and scream just because they can and and whatever and it's like I don't know why that became such a coveted thing I think um I think that 
not that Tom Cruise is an auteur director, but the point of the is yeah, but the I, power I don't, I don't dynamic. think that I don't think that his rage. People are are praising him for uh, you know speaking out against safety and this and that. It has nothing to do with that. He even stated it in the video that he wasn't getting shut down again. That's what it was about. It wasn't about, oh, people need to be safe and follow the rules. It was that every time if somebody else gets sick or if there's another, you know, uh, spread of this amongst the group, they're going to get shut down. That's all it was about. It was about his movie. It wasn't about the safety precautions. Yeah. Um, so it's like, let's let's be real here. This is this was dollar signs. That's where his rage came out of because he. You know, he has to fund a lot of that shit himself because he wants to be able to do all these, you know, crazy things. And so uh, he usually produces a lot of them. And so yeah. there's that. That's the only reason why he lost his complete shit like that was because of the finances yeah. behind it. Yeah. That's all that was. Uh, you know, Christian Bale was just like sheer lunacy and pretentious, pretension. Yeah. And, and a Russell, don't even get me started on that fucking guy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just that. That's what I'm trying to do, bitch. <laughs> that complete, that just, just this uh, maniacal yeah. attitude and personality that that people are allowed to have, and I just can't. Um, if you're if you're sensitive to feminism, you're gonna want to skip this episode because you're you're gonna be your your tender ego is gonna yeah. be uh, really in a rage. But I mean, just imagine somebody saying that. Uh, you know, a, a female director. Did yeah, that imagine on set. if Pat, Patty Jenkins did that during, it would like, be you know, a complete shit show. Yeah, she's crazy. She's and, on her period. Yeah. This is why we can't have women directing things, yeah, like you know. Sure. But a guy gets to have a complete emotional meltdown, and it's all in the name of his fucking genius. Yeah. Anyhow, um, speaking of, there actually was some something in the news that I just kind of wanted to touch on, and it was the fact that um, a story had broke about um, Olivia Wilde. Mm -hmm. having fired, I guess, essentially fired Shia uh, for a film, that the previous film that he had been cast for. And uh, so I guess she has like what she refers to as the zero asshole policy. And mm -hmm. so if you don't get along with the cast or crew, like it just, uh, it's just not happening. Like basically your stature doesn't um, override yeah. the the mood and tone of, of, of the set. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got kicked off. And so I think, you know, a lot of that needs, that kind of thing needs to happen. Yeah. Because the only reason why people are allowed uh, to get away with that and have those tantrums and all that is because, you know, the director will be like, oh, well, you know, that's just, that's their genius. And then yeah. the studio's like, well, that's just the genius of the director. So we have to let them do that. And so then people get to do that. So <laughs> why would they stop if they get to? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Um I'd like to know what happened. I don't think I have to really imagine too hard. He's yeah. pretty much an open book on in yeah. terms of he's probably being really uh, obnoxious and and conceited and you know being an, an egotist, which he obviously appears to be. Yeah. And uh, he got the boot. Whatever. Yeah. That's that's what happens. So um, so we watched a couple of things today. Yeah. Not today. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about a couple of things today that we watched and. Um, so again, spoilers, we are going to kind of be talking in depth about these things. So if you haven't watched them, skip you know, through or just, whatever, just bank us for, for a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first the, the first thing that we're going to talk about is Mando, because uh, we wanted to give people a little time, not that you really needed to. Like if you're a Star Wars fan, you've watched it today. Yeah. You had to watch the day it dropped because people ruin everything. Yeah. Uh, so they give, you the, they give you 24 hours and then that's it. 
And the the thing with it, the thing with that show is it it's at a point where you have to know that they're going to do something that everybody's going to talk about, um, because now there's this sort of courtesy amongst the fans where they'll they'll preface a, a post with like, if you haven't watched the latest episode, don't read on. It's like, well, obviously something happened because you're sitting here posting about it and yeah. telling me not, you know, so. There's yeah. really no way to, to eat that. Even that to me seems kind of like backhanded because it's like you've just given away the fact that something happened that mm -hmm. was so spectacular that you feel the need to talk about it three hours after the episode dropped. <laughs> like, yeah. So you kind of have to a, avoid social media. We didn't watch media. it till later that day and I just literally didn't go online at all. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really care as much. Yeah. But <laughs> um, so... For anyone who, if this is your first episode, be weird if this is the episode you started with, but if this is your first mm -hmm. episode <clears throat> and you don't know how we work, I don't like the Star Wars. Um, I don't care what anyone thinks about that. If you think I'm a giant pile of shit because of it, great. Uh, it doesn't affect mm -hmm. me. Um, I don't like Star Wars. I, I, the storyline to me is like, whatever. The originals, I think, are the worst <laughs> Which I know everyone's like, oh, the newer ones. Yeah, garbage, right? But the original ones are like, no, I'm going the other way around because at least the newer ones have like good performances. Mm -hmm. Like on a cinematic standpoint, yeah, they're good. If you're going on a cinematic standpoint back yeah. then, they're ridiculous. We liked Rogue One. Not at the time though. Like at the time I realized that looked, you know, like super dy dynamic and crazy, but if you go back on the quality and you mm -hmm. go to the originals, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so on a cinematic standpoint, the newer ones obviously look better and the, the effects are better and, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I'm I and I'll say I am a fan of the Star Wars, um, although I feel at this point, I feel like there's probably more bad Star Wars films than good Star Wars films it's because but, there's too many of them. But that's just. I don't want to get into a whole Star Wars thing. It's just uh, it's beating a dead horse. Let's just stop. <laughs> but you did. Enough. You didn't mind Rogue One. Let's just well. Let's just say this. I would never sit down and voluntarily watch any one of these movies again. Right. For okay. me, it's not an issue of liking the movies. It's just what I didn't hate. Right. Um. So it's like there's none of them from the new one that I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. But I'm just like, all right, I've seen it. I won't watch that again. Not yeah. a lot. Like if you you happen to put it on and it's on and I'm doing <clears> something else, like. Yeah, but I wouldn't sit down and ask to watch any of these movies again. I just don't care yeah. that much about them. Um, but having seen... I've been lately, uh, just as a quick side tangent, I've been getting into the um, the Star Wars Extended Universe. Because my biggest problem with Star Wars is... I mean, look, everybody loves a cool fight lightsaber battle and whatever. But my biggest problem is the shrinking of the universe. Everything has to be tied to Luke and Vader... But there's just thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of years of stuff that is you can pull from. And uh, I feel like there's just so many. What about the things that predated? Story. Yeah. Or postdated it or whatever. You know? that. Like what like what what are they like the like the Big Bang Theory of like space characters? Like was yeah. there nothing before them? I mean, Yoda's like seven thousand years old. What yeah. was going on before? I don't know. Anyhow, um, so so Mando. <laughs> so Mando is the one aspect, Star Wars aspect, uh, subcategory kind of thing that that actually took with me. Um, I don't consider it Star Wars, which mm -hmm. I know you find hilarious. To me, it's not Star Wars. It's like- uh, it's, it's the it's Mando. Distant, yeah, it's its own thing. It's yeah. the Mando. And um, I don't 
The things that I tend not to like about it is when they push the Star Wars aspect into it. That's usually when I'm like, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And why? Because it's a, it's Star Wars and it just, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't yeah. like it. Um, well, that's, to me, that's kind of the beauty of the show is that it has this great balance of nostalgia and quote unquote original storytelling. And by original storytelling, I just mean something that's not, you know, based on Luke Skywalker and Darth mm -hmm. Vader. You know, it's, it's a, it's a. Well. Well, yeah, but but the the, the main character isn't anything. Isn't a character from anything. You know, it's just right. it's just a a Mandalorian. You right. Know? Hence, so we're gonna we're gonna be like Tarantinoing the shit out of this and jumping back and forth because I don't remember enough of the things in order to really go in order. But having said that, since you mentioned it before, I forget. I just I don't understand why we need a show on Boba Fett because he's he's a Mandalorian. So to me, it was like. All right, so we basically watched a preview about a Mandalorian on a show about the Mandalorian. Yeah. Isn't that what we've been watching this whole time? Because to my understanding, Boba Fett's in Star Wars for like three seconds. Yeah, he's not in so the very long. So what backstory are we... It's not even like there's I don't this think it's a backstory. I think, like thing I think to it'll do. be go, uh, you know, going forward. You right, know? but why the hell would he have a show? Like I saw, like C three PO is in the movie more than he is. How come there's not a C three PO show? Well, there's going to be actually some kind of oh, droid, Jesus Christ. droid thing or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> see, I think there is, but um, yeah, I think you know, Boba Fett a show is to just, just one the of those buttons. characters that I feel the same way. You know, and I love Star Wars, but I, I feel the same way. Like, but at the same time, I'll watch it. You know, if, of course you will. If they do something interesting, because look, my take on the Mandalorian was like, well, okay, but. Is how exciting is a show going to be about some random Mandalorian wandering around the universe? So I was a little, well, we I was a little yeah. on the fence about it, and then I ended up loving it. So yeah, um, Boba Fett might be a great show. Just it all depends on the story and what they do with the story and what they do with the character. There could be some interesting things to pull from. Yeah. I just want to get out of this timeline. You know, I want to like go back. But you're not because if if that's what if the preview is showing him sitting on the throne with what's her face, then it's within this timeline. Yeah, yeah. So we're back into the same. But I, time. but I will say that the the over the overarching plan. You know, like I'm very excited about the Ahsoka show. I think that's a really fun. You remember the the Ahsoka? She was the the oh, oh. character from um, episode five, maybe or six, the one called the Jedi. Um, I like her character. Maybe I just. Mom? Not her, not her mom, but yeah, the well, person that's the that. Mom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, but that's his mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I watched the Rebels, which I really liked. Star Wars Rebels, which was that animated show. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of really interesting. You know, it's a kids show and whatever, but there was a lot of really interesting Star Wars stuff in there because again, it didn't it didn't focus on Luke Skywalker or Darth mm -hmm. Vader or Obi Wan or whatever. They were in the show, you know, but they didn't. You know, that was it's very Mandalorian in that way where it's its own story. You know, of Ezra um, Miller, no, <laughs> uh, and well, his band of people. You know, there's like you have a pilot, and and they just kind of go through the galaxy and have adventures like a big or whatever, man or whatever he is. I yeah. don't know. And um, but they have, you know, they have some certain moments that are very far and few between that, like involved Darth Vader or whatever. Um, so I, I I enjoyed that show, and I, it feels to me like the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and and all this stuff is just kind of an extension of that. And I I don't know I I kind of dig that that universe, even though it is in the same timeline. It's not reliant on you know having you know people are talking about Luke Skywalker's own show, and I I don't I wouldn't I don't think we need that. 
I think what was so effective about him in this is, you know, just it's like Will and Grace, right? Jack and Karen are so funny, but having them as their own show, the star of their own show, may be too much. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's I love the dynamic seeing... of all four of them because they all bring something. Yeah. They all bring something. Um, it's it's an individuality and, a, and different character traits and personality traits that they bring to it, which I don't really see in Star Wars and stuff, but I mean, like whatever. I don't know. Um well, the okay. point of just like too much of a good thing. Yeah. Well, I just think there's just too much of it. It just, you know, again, like it's like they're going to give a show to the buttons on R2-D2's like yeah. fucking body next, you know, like, oh, the, the third button's going to get its own show. We're just going to talk about the origin of that button and what it does. Like, who cares already? Like, it's we've heard it's the same. It's like the same watered down story with different characters. And, um, you know, Mando hit because it did something different mm -hmm. that even I liked it. But yeah, there's, you know, when characters pop up, it would, it was always interesting to me that when a character would pop up that looked really cheesy and I'd go, oh my God, this looks terrible. And you go, well, that was, those were from the original one. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, th that's why. Because yeah. when these things came out, that probably looked like some really amazing streamlining work, but it didn't follow through and it didn't, it didn't age. And so you have, you know, all these cool effects and all of this stuff. And then you have these really sort of like archaic looking puppet people that have like muffler faces and stuff. And it's like, yeah. what is that? This, it doesn't look like it belongs at all. And that's the reason why, because yeah. it's, it's a very aged uh, costuming yeah. that doesn't match. But anyway. Um, well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's to the, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not to the detriment of the show, you know, it doesn't, I think one of my it. biggest problems is with um, like these weird cameos that they give people. And oftentimes it's like, um, it's usually, I'm going to, I'm going to hit a nerve here. It's for me, it's usually with the women mm -hmm. that they cast because, and this, this speaks to a, a bigger issue, which is that women in Hollywood aren't allowed to be anything but like soft and beautiful and demure. So if you're looking for, a bigger actress that's either muscular or stocky or whatever, you're not really getting an actor. You're getting an athlete that's pretending to be an actor mm. because women in reality in Hollywood could not look like Gina Carano and couldn't look like Sasha Banks. Is that who that, who is that girl? No, oh, she's thin Sasha Banks. Yeah. But isn't she on there? Yeah. She's on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they couldn't look like that, you know? So you have like, it's like you're just giving people that are an actor's parts because you need them to look big enough to be able to fight. Just like, well, maybe if you accepted the fact that women come in different sizes, then you would actually yeah. be able to use actors for these parts. And it wouldn't sound like someone's rehearsing lines like Gina Carano. I'm sorry, but she's terrible. <laughs> she's a horrible actor. Yeah. And, you know, but where else are you going to find an actor that's going to be able to fucking body slam a 250 pound guy you're not going to be able to find that so you know you're kind of stuck with like has been athletes that now have crossed over into like being the big people in films i can't yeah. even really call them actors they're just like they play big parts big yeah. people parts yeah and, and they throw people around and that's what they do and i'm not like i'm not trying to shit on her even though she's like some like racist asshole or ignorant like parlor loving freak or whatever yeah. but <laughs> still um it's just you know like good on her that she's that she's doing the work and that she's remained the size that she is and she's not you know because she started off very small in her fighting career she was 
very small. Mm -hmm. So she could starve herself and try to get more roles. You know what I mean? But uh, so I, I like that she just is who she is. But at the same time, it's like this isn't an actor. Yeah. And I can tell every time she's on screen, it's like she's like this really like monotone way of delivering lines. And yeah. it's like she just has somewhere better to be yeah. every time she's talking. <laughs> um, so that kind of that that aspect of it is is sort of annoying because it's it's a world where people have to be so badass. And it's like all this work is put into it. Why wouldn't you have someone be able to perform that? And you kind of can't because yeah. we have the you know, the, the way stereotypes are in, in this business. Um, I, I really enjoy the show. There's things about it that I'm like, eh, meh, whatever, but I love it. And I don't care if, you know, I'm a person that got sucked in because of Grogu. I did. Mm -hmm. People bitch about like, how could you not like Star Wars and all this bullshit? And then you watch the Star Wars and it's not good enough because I didn't like it the, for the reason you wanted me to like it. Yeah. Like, whatever. I'm sitting here watching it. Shut up. Yeah. 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 Things adorable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like they knew what they were doing when they made that thing. You know, yeah. they knew they were going to sell thousands and millions of those things over the holidays. So, um, yeah, I, I I really liked the show. I I love you know the dynamic that Mando has with him and this relationship where he just doesn't know how to be a good dad to him. Yeah. Um, and he tries, and he's just so stinking adorable. Um, but let's get into the last episode because that's where everybody lost their minds and. Uh, so here we go again, bringing in the same characters to loop into the story. Mm -hmm. God forbid we don't bring Luke Skywalker into the freaking story. Then the world will cease to, to, to spin mm. and uh, the earth will fall off its, its axis and we'll never get another Star Wars movie again or something. I don't know. Something terrible happens. And so there he was. Yeah. And what I don't understand is that, um, I mean, I would love to know what budget this show has. I mean, they obviously don't have the budget that a film would have, right? Because right. they have to make so many episodes. So they're like, you got to work this in X amount yeah. of dollars. And I don't know what that is. But what I don't understand is how you can have all this, because Mando's a toned down, like there's not a lot of effects on that show. They'll well, save it for things like the big, effect. yeah, well, yeah, because they, uh, all of the they, environments have to be built in 3D. Yeah, they're, yeah. 3D, they're all built in 3D and you're doing all that stuff. But what I'm saying is that, it's not it's not very like um in terms of uh, in terms of action sequences sure. you know it's it's not like the films where they have these big epic like mm. you know battles and stuff because the sh on the film aside from some 3D stuff i'm assuming and and green screening they they have sets you know that they're having to build these massive sets all this money's going into that and then they have to do effects on top of that mm. whereas here it's like it's kind of toned down which is what i like about it because then when something cool happens you're like ooh yeah. Who who the hell greenlit the, the CG work on Skywalker? Like who yeah. on earth looked at that and was like, this looks amazing because it was horrible. I coming coming from a, a non-fan standpoint, I was hoping it wouldn't be Luke Skywalker yeah. when someone started uh, you know, saber slashing their way through the ship. But something told me like, oh man, this is gonna be freaking Luke Skywalker, isn't it? Yeah. And the 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 tension in the seat, you know, in that sequence was lovely. Even mm -hmm. I was like, that's cool, yay, because they're building it up. But um, oh my God, when he took his hood off, it yeah. was so bad. Yeah. Well, I and I feel like I'm the only person who thinks that everyone's like, this was the no, most amazing think, thing I've ever I seen. Think, I'm like, this is terrible. I think most people found it you know, still in the uncanny valley, but they didn't care because the 
the scene itself. Like so many Star Wars, this is my interpretation of what I've read online and and whatever, but Mm -hmm. is that so many people feel like they never really got a Luke that was just kick-ass Jedi master, Mm -hmm. you know, because through the films he was constantly learning and whatever. And Return of the Jedi, they got a little bit of it or whatever, but they never got some crazy sick you know lightsaber fight with with Luke Skywalker and you know by the time the sequels rolled around he was already old and whatever and a lot of people did not like the last jedi because he was just some hermit living on an uh, an island or whatever and so i think a lot of people forgave that because the scene of him just slashing his way through to the control room was just what everybody wanted to see Luke Skywalker do you know it was just well choreographed it but was they didn't. very exciting they saw the guy blah, blah, blah. Who did those? Who did the the choreography for that? That's no, who but they it's saw. Just, it's, right, but it's, it's the point over. of the, it's the point of this over. It's the point of the the, the story. <laughs> you didn't get what you wanted, and it's over. Like for me, I'm. I think having it being where it takes it, it makes sense that it is Luke Skywalker being you know. And if this is all that we ever see of him, then that's great. I freaking hope so. Uh, but I feel like for me, it was very exciting to see that take place and to kind of. Because I am interested, what happened at from between the end of Return of the Jedi to when Luke started his own Jedi school, and then Kylo destroyed it and everything. That's that to me. That's kind of an interesting story to see how. And then, I mean, not to get too deep into Star Wars tangent, but you know, but to I see, will. Right, but to see like that's the reason now seeing this Luke, and it gives me a greater appreciation for the Last Jedi because. You know, he's kind of, he's a, he's this Jedi master, one of the most powerful Jedis ever, blah, blah, blah. And he starts his own school and everything goes wrong. You know, the Kylo turns to the dark side, the school's destroyed. Who knows how many people were killed. So when you, when you have like this <laughs> I have huge, no idea what you're talking about. When you have this huge fall from grace, a char- you know, a character, it makes sense for a character to kind of just be like, you know what? I don't want anything to do with Jedis. I don't want to do anything mm-hmm. to do with the force. It's just caused nothing but problems. So to me, I really appreciated that that take on a character. Everybody wanted to see Luke Skywalker come back and fight and and be this kick-ass thing. And sure, I, I would not have hated to see that, but I feel like taking that risk of making a character just the way that Luke was in The Last Jedi, I really, really appreciated it. But Okay, but fine. But but to But that to, CG to, work yeah, CG was work, horrific. Notwithstanding. And I don't this is the we are in a time in in filmmaking and in graphics and in effects where that is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Like if that if you had given me that 15 or 20 years ago, I'd have been like, good job. Yeah. You know, that looks that we've never seen anything. It was like the Matrix. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we've never seen anything like this before. But for me, so long as we're living in a world where deep fakes exist, that's inexcusable. Yeah. I am consistently amazed by how well deep fakes turn out. Yeah. Well, because deep fakes is actual footage, right? It's not right. a CG creation. So. Right. And so just, oh, we don't want to, you know, it's th- th- this weird like ego thing about not using deep fake because in the business and whatever. Mm. And, oh no, we have to do it this way. Like, well, your way doesn't look as good. I hate to tell you. This yeah. is obvious. It's easy and it's accessible. Like being making a deep fake isn't something that uh, you know you have to get through Banksy or something to do. Like it's, yeah. anybody can do that. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost like a I don't know it's it's like this this weird ego thing mm-hmm. in the business where it's just like oh no no we're gonna use that deep fake crap we're gonna do this the way that it looks like it's uh you know way less professional but 
it's like this old school kind of mentality of not wanting to um, sort of admit defeat, yeah. you know, by something that's much easier. And so you're being stubborn about it. Um, and I don't understand. I really don't understand that at all. Like yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't know where. And I mean, obviously the artists just do the best they can with what they're told to do. Um, I Why don't didn't know. they just use Sebastian Stan? That That's what I... I think don't I don't understand. I, I think I know why. I don't necessarily agree with it, but they just wanted it. Well, we to, assume he's sitting around like, yeah, I'll do it. But let's be honest, he'd do it. <laughs> like, who yeah, the hell's yeah. like Disney? Uh, listen, John Favreau called and uh, he yeah, wants you yeah. to do a cameo. Ah, fuck that shit. There's no way that's happening. Or at least use him as like a face double and then just manipulate Something. his face a little bit to make it look more. Like, anyway, but I think they because they they really wanted it to be Luke. You know, no, nobody that looks like him or whatever. They wanted it to actually be. <laughs> but whatever. it wasn't yeah. like, because so, that's not him. I don't know. It, it could have, you know, honestly, for me, it could have been anybody. The scene, the fact that it's Luke is is great. And I and I do appreciate that. But for me, the, the scene leading up to it, showing that there's this powerful Jedi that exists. Yeah, very cool. Very fun. Very and cool. That that was the all choreography very good. and all that stuff and how he and, and, and I think it was really smart, you know, you know, it was definitely well planned because you had these these dark troopers who were just basically robots, and it allowed you to have something that Luke Skywalker can then do this. Like he couldn't have done that with a bunch of stormtroopers because then he would have been killing people. And you know, Jedi's aren't. You know, there's the whole you get into the morality of like killing a bunch of people. Is that the Jedi way? Is there another way? Could you have um, just subdued them and and not had to kill them and still get what you needed or whatever okay. so i think that was really smart to make them all these these robots and to show mando battling with one and how hard that was for him to destroy one and luke is just kind of like slashing through a whole bunch yeah. of them so i didn't um i didn't i enjoyed it. i didn't like the weird transformer effect that those robots had i thought the movements were kind of cool i really liked they the reminded movements. Me they had these really like it gave them a lot of weight you know, they like they they had these these yeah. movements where like it locked into play like so. Yeah, I was on the fence. I don't know. There was something about it. them that I didn't like, and I can't really pinpoint it. But it, it's like I liked them, and then I was like, I don't know why I'm not crazy about this. I, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure what it is about it. Um, I mean, it didn't ruin anything, but I was like, okay. Um, but but the, yeah, another thing I'll say is that the problem, and I, I get I'll get into this with almost, and this isn't just Star Wars. This is just any fantastical character is the is the is the i don't know how to say it like the how they allocate their powers right um and so like every time you see for me anyway when i'm watching let's just say let's just use star wars as an example but this could apply to anything um if you see a, um a jedi fighting another you know sith or whatever with the lightsaber it's like well you have the ability to move things with your you know, with the force. Mm. So why not just like crush their head or, you know what I mean? There's just, I constantly find myself in these types of movies being like, well, why didn't you just use this ability? Obviously, you know, if Grogu can like throw these stormtroopers at each other, yeah, that's why can't good. he like do other things and other moments? And yeah, it's really so weird. It's, it's, it's inconsistent. Yeah. There's and also, that's not just Star Wars. I find that with like Marvel movies. Yeah, and, they do that all the, the time. You know, so it's, it's like, like why this, not, you uh, have the ability to do this. Why not just do like that? This, um, or or explain to me why you can't in well, that situation. Well, because it's 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 a it's a time filler. You know, yeah. they have to fill the time with something. And so, you know, all of a sudden their abilities aren't feasible in, in these moments because they have to fill time. But um I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something that that always strikes me 
in these movies. Um, and these specifically, because whenever you see sci-fi space movies, this is a feature that is almost always a thing. Um, what I don't understand is why in, I guess that would be like the cockpit. Yeah. How are you not able to detach from the rest of the ship? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Did anybody watch Alien? You can take off any part of that ship that you were in and fly it somewhere else if you <laughs> needed to, because yeah. that makes sense. So they're all trapped in this cockpit, like literally standing there watching these things punch the door for what felt like 37 minutes. Okay. And I'm like, so you're telling me that there's no way for this section of the ship to, with all this technology, mm -hmm. to detach and just take off? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's little things like that. And again, it's like a time filler, right? Because like, theoretically, that would make the most sense. Mm -hmm. But then you wouldn't be able to have Luke fly through and, and you know, saber yeah. fight everybody. But it's just, you know, you have you have a robot that is this strong and this technologically advanced, but in a ship that can't break apart. Yeah. During an emergency or a fire. Yeah. <laughs> like if there if a fire breaks out, you have to be able to close that section down and detach it from the ship. Well, listen, the the, I mean, the just saying the Empire had to cut costs somewhere. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying. Uh but so, I will say, you know, the the Luke thing notwithstanding, I think the the visual effects for the the season as a whole were pretty outstanding. I am thoroughly entertained by this show. You know, there's, there's a sequence at the beginning. Really know much about it. I don't remember which episode. And then the first three where they fight this this <clears throat> the big monster the thing, big mo and it just looked so amazing. Yeah, they it did, just looked so good. Yeah, they did a good job with that. But that's what I'm saying is that they'll do such a good job with that, and they do such a good job with like you know the little flying scooters that they're on and everything. Yeah. But then you know, then Luke Skywalker shows up, and it's like you know and he so doesn't want to go with you. Yeah. Would you want to go with somebody whose face looked like that? I wouldn't go with that guy either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even I just, think he's really there. Look at his face. His mouth doesn't match the words that are coming out of it. I'm yeah. not going with we that guy. We haven't mastered mouth yet. For me, Grogu's no fool. For me, I didn't mind so much his face when he wasn't talking. I did. It you know, looked I airbrushed. He looked like like he had an Instagram filter on yeah, him. I, I, but for me, it, it didn't really bother me that much. It was just the mouth movements. Just on a thing. selfish standpoint, when he's like, okay, um... You have to tell him that it's okay. Oh, is that what I have to do? No, it's not okay. I'm your papa. Yeah. yeah no. But he knows what's best for him to go. To go with crazy Instagram filter guy? I'm not handing the baby over to you. Who the hell are you? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he just saved them. So there, he's got yeah, that. Yeah, so he could be crazy and evil for all he knows. Yeah. I mean, Some guy's yielding a saber like that. You don't know what's going on. I'm not handing a baby over to you, weird filter face guy. Yeah. No way. I would. Sorry. Like, here you go, sir, with your 80s hair. It's that I just it's unforgivable. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, need, needless to say that when Mando took his helmet off, I lost a couple months of my life just in the emotional mm. trauma that took place there. Um, yeah, it was, I, a, it was a it was a a well-built moment. You know, I think, you know, despite the fact that it's Star Wars, despite the fact that there's, you know, the Luke CGI, all that stuff, I think the the storytelling aspect of it really like shined there you know you built up for two seasons this relationship really well you know and then even to your you know to, to what you had said that the relationship between Grogu and and the Mandalorian or Din you know is was something that was kind of built up so well that that moment was really impactful oh my god it was just soul crushing and I can't I just can't it was like one of those those scenes that just for like a good hour afterwards, my head was still hurting because I was crying so hard and I couldn't think about it. And then I had my Grogu doll next to me on the couch. And every time yeah. I looked at it, I was like, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, 
he took his helmet off for him so Twice. that he could see him oh, yeah. one time. Yeah. So he could at least so you see, see that who moment, he was leaving. You see that moment. You know, they have this very father and son relationship. But as a Star Wars fan, I guess I could say, um, to me, that was even more impactful because it was very, it was a callback to when um, Darth Vader was dying and he wanted to take his mask off one last time to see Luke before he died. So it was like this moment of father and son. Did he get it off? Yeah, he took it off. Oh. Is that why it's all cracked and shit? No, he just, he took it off. He saw his son and then he died. Whatever. Yeah, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and then they burned him in the, the mask. So. There wasn't a cute baby, so I don't care. No. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Just the dynamic between those two is just, I really hope that they, that they bring Grogu back. Um, I'm not going to say that they, I won't watch it if they don't, but I, I'm, de I'm not going to lie. I will. There will be a part of me that loses some interest. I mean, I, there's like, I love the Mando, so I'll mm -hmm. be there for that. But to me that he just, that the baby just made so much of that relationship, that relationship. Yeah. And so now it's like, what other non-actor is he going to run into that I'm going to have to Ha yeah. watch him have conversations with like it, i don't know i don't know and then just the thing with the boba fett i'm like all right and i said i mean it's a show well, you have a year and, so you have a year of yeah. nothing so. i don't know i i absolutely i loved it i'm thoroughly entertained even though i don't get a lot of the references and that's what's so good about it is that you actually don't have to yeah there you know it's you're a, obviously going to be like well this is a per this is a character that's relevant but i don't know how but you could still follow the story because yeah. it's its own thing and that's why it's a little bit bittersweet for me that they bring so much of the other thing into it because it's like just make it your own th i don't know just make your i mean hats off to favreau for being the first person to actually kind of do something different with it and not yeah. just follow even though it's disney but not follow like the disney schematic of making yeah. it you know this big like marketable thing i mean yeah grogu's marketable but how many people are going to yeah, be buying they, grogu things if he's not a main character but that'll die down yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what they go um anyway okay so that we have we we must move on because i know you can talk about star wars for five hours and i can talk about that cg work for an entire day mm -hmm. but um the next thing that we saw that i actually i wasn't sure if i was gonna see you know i, I like pixar stuff i tend to watch the things that that they do but i don't watch everything um, so we watched Soul mm -hmm. and um, I, I had been texting with um, Brandon from Steady Geekin mm -hmm. and I had asked him um, if he had actually seen Wonder Woman mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, we watched Soul first and then we're watching Wonder Woman tonight. And I was like, oh, what did you think of it? And he really liked it. So mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I should watch this now. Um, and so uh, it, it was a, a writer director. There were other uh, screenplays, uh, Mike Jones, uh, Kent Powers, but Pete Doctor, which is just a hilarious name. Um, Pete Doctor was the director and writer. And um, so it's uh, it's starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, which seems so weird. Yeah. Um, but it works. Um, yeah. uh, Rachel House, uh, Alice Braga, Richard Ayodi. Is there it? Ayodi? I think that's how you I say don't know. Name. Uh, Felicia Rashad, who's just always going to be, mm -hmm. I wish she was in Cosby show. Yeah. <laughs> just anytime yeah. I hear, the, the second I hear her voice, I'm like, oh, and her okay. her character looked a lot like her too, for some reason. Like when I saw her, I was like, oh, that kind of makes me think of her when I see that character. I didn't. Um, 
anyway, so you, so you had, there's, there's a ton of people, there's a ton of people doing voice work and stuff in there. And, um, so the one thing that you could always count on Pixar for is a great, is great dialogue yeah. and punchlines. Yeah. It's like this, it's Just like they witty, take a pace. class. It's like yeah. they take a Pixar comedy class. I'm convinced that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's like a here, Pixar writing I will say this about, about Pixar in general, because um, I've read some articles and and stuff about about that because they just knock it out of the park every time. Every it time. seems like. But uh, apparently, from what I've read, they go through this process of like screening their films intensely, mm-hmm. and they screen it, and then they make they get all their feedback, they make changes, they screen it again, they get their feedback, they change it. So it's just this multiple thing. So with so they're really crafting this story based on the reaction of people, which I find interesting. You'd think yeah. that would be like it would become cookie cutter and watered down, but it just it really helps it hit these emotional beats that Well they're they're the masters at entertaining the adults in the room. And so they use like the really like that really safe slapstick kind of yeah. comedy for the kids because, you know, they're kids and they, they don't get things. Yeah. They find everything funny. Yeah. But it's not like the cartoons that like you know if you if you try to sit through what's what passes for cartoons now like on cable a car, cartoon network and stuff it's painful yeah you know and as parents it's like they they've they've realized that yeah i think also now being parents and being like oh i don't want to sit through this and so they started writing comedy that was for adults and mm-hmm. had you know this just kind of uh, this more mature type of of uh of context to it and um i don't know it's just it's so they always it's it's the, these like subtle things that a character will do that yeah. that you're just like laughing. So first of all, there's one main joke in this film that I, that actually made you uh, produce a bit of a a squealing high pitched sound in laughter, which was a really really deep jab at the Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> I thought when your team is so bad that you've become a Pixar punchline. Yeah, you are That's a Knicks us. fan, so. Um, I'm a hardcore Knicks fan. Oh my god, that's that sequence of like how she's showing. Oh my god, like that was freaking hilarious. And just the idea, the idea is that um, uh, that they're messing with people and like their luck or whatever. Yeah, and so. They keep messing with the Knicks over and over again, which is well, why she says, so... I, yeah, I've been messing with these guys for like oh, for, decades for decades now. Decades now, yeah. Um, and then, then they showed like, you know, like this, like somebody this, missing a, yeah, a somebody dunk missing or whatever. A shot. And it was just like, oh my God. But um, then there's like the pizza scene where it just like slides yeah. out where their ass would be because they don't have one. And so they can't eat anything in this afterlife. And yeah. um, just the. Um, but the thing with those are, are, you know, the jokes per minute in a Pixar film are always so high. Yes. But, you know, they have this really funny moment, but they don't play to that moment. That right. just moment just happens. And that to me, in, I think in a normal film, that would just be like this funny moment they would make a whole moment out of. But in a Pixar film, it's just it just happens and you're off to the next thing already. Yeah. And so I. Uh, it's a moment in time and nothing more than that. Yeah, it's so good. And Pixar. Pixar for me is like that person that is naturally funny, but doesn't try to be funny. Yeah. You know, there's a person that that's funny because they, I mean, most successful comedians are, are able to kind of ad lib and do their thing. That's part of their job. But there are comedians that 
without a plan set and scripted set really don't have that comedy because it's it's all in that sort of precision of having to yeah, sit yeah. down and write their jokes but you have someone like ricky gervais for instance tig nataro that mm -hmm. are just very off the cuff will just be able to make a joke yeah with a mo in the moment that they're in because they're not looking that it's not a punchline for them yeah. they're just gen genuinely funny people yeah, yeah. and so they'll react in a funny way and so that's what pixar reminds me of it doesn't feel like this forced scripted comedy it's just this very natural flow and um of course you know just the 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 way that they would add like this sort of dewy sweat to their skin yeah um you, the yeah. way that it, uh, uh jamie fox's character's hands moved you know, playing the piano. Yeah, so uh, just amazing. Very, very, uh, just, just amazing work. You know, they and they do they 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 walk this line where you have these characters, right? And they're basically cartoons because their proportions are all funny and you know, and and whatever. But then you're kind of putting them in this photo real world, and so you know, if it becomes too photo real, then they look weird because mm -hmm. then it's like, wait, that's like not displaced. how. Yeah. So they do this great balance of making things look re realistic, but also not too realistic that it's like, whoa, this person is like very, looks like an alien or something, yeah. you know, so. But to that, the cityscapes were almost, almost uh, confusing. Yeah. Because they looked so realistic. So yeah. Every so often, they would, the lighting, this is something that people don't think about in, in animation, mm -hmm. is that that you have that that there's you know, because you didn't used to do this. Right? Yeah. I mean, you didn't used to cartoons. Didn't the scene wasn't lit? Yeah. In a in a realistic way, it was you know they were hand drawn and you got what you got and and that was that. But um, in in animation now and especially in Pixar's animation, um, there's this very very cinematic lighting yeah. that's been incorporated in into the process that actually fools the eye into thinking that you're almost looking at something that's. Real. real yeah and and a lot of that's you know just advancements in, in in technology and being able to you know you you approach doing that the same way you would approach you know lighting any other scene hmm. you know and i can you know speak from experience in that when i build out anything in 3d um i will kind of think about the scene as a, how i would light it if if it was an actual scene uh and build from there um yeah, I mean, I think that's why I think that, you know, when we had the MoGraphs guys on last week, it, it was, you know, very, you know, our the the 3D world and the and the real in the real world, I guess, are very complementary in the way that you would approach your lighting and yeah. and that sort of stuff because of the way technology has gone. It, it's it was just so well done, mm -hmm. and the the relationship between Tina Fey and Jamie Fox and and the characters going from. Mm -hmm little soul blobs to a cat yeah. and then her being in his body. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm always so entertained by their films. It's just incredibly entertaining. Yeah. It wasn't as tear jerking as I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, I had a soul crushing moment, no pun intended at the very end yeah. when he kind of sees her off. Yeah. Um, that was like, okay, then I, I welled up, but I didn't, it wasn't as soul crushing as I thought it would be. Yeah. Because uh, they can get rough. <laughs> like, yeah. Pixar can be really brutal with that sometimes. And I thought, my God, this is a film about 
the afterlife. Yeah. I'll never survive Some pretty this. pretty heavy, heavy topics that they're talking about. But you know? I love that they do that yeah. and that they didn't really push, you know, they bring up heaven yeah. and hell because it just, on a societal standpoint, it's just something that we're used to. Mm -hmm. Religion is just such a part of our society still that, you know, you, I expect that mm -hmm. uh, to be brought up and I'm not offended and by they, it because I'm, you know, they a, didn't really get into like, I mean, they got, they, you know, they, they, they danced around heaven and hell a little bit and, but yeah, they didn't but bring it up I, to like any kind of they, deities or they anything gave like that. It, they gave it, um, they sort of, it was inclusive, right? Where yeah, they yeah. brought up heaven and hell. So if that's something that you believe in, sure. Um, you know, there wasn't really like an agnostic standpoint on there. Right. But um, it was more, I mean, there, an, an atheist standpoint, right, right, there was right. more of an agnostic standpoint of just like, it could be different things for different people. Yeah. And um, it's like, they weren't going, they weren't going on this conveyor belt to heaven. It was just this afterlife mm -hmm. and it was nonspecific. It was just this afterlife where you existed. And they, uh, and so that's what I'm saying. It was kind of inclusive in that way that I didn't feel like it was preaching to me yeah, you yeah. know, I didn't feel like I was watching a, right. a, a Pixar Christianity film. It right. was just kind of like, all right, I mean, the guy dies, so we're going to have to discuss some kind. I mean, that's the whole premise of the yeah, story, yeah. right? Is that he's in this afterlife, so there has to be some kind of afterlife in the storyline. But uh, I, I thought it was really well done, and um, the the like blobby people that were like really abstract because we were too stupid to really be able to understand yeah. what they would look like otherwise. Our brains couldn't really process that um just like little things like that like when she gets when he gets dumped into the cat and then the cat gets thrown on the conveyor belt like whoa <laughs> just yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that yeah. um you know just those little moments that are just so funny they're so funny and I, I really liked it i thought it was i thought it was really really good there's oh you know they did the same thing with onward you know like when that yeah. came out i was like oh like i don't know there's always a part of me that's just because there's other films right like pets yeah that's too silly for me. Mm -hmm. There's a couple funny things. I didn't sit through that film, but I've seen parts of it. And mm -hmm. there, I, there were parts that I found funnier than I thought that I would. But I don't know why. When I think of like pets and like Boss Baby, I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to. I don't feel like that's like the top Pixar humor. Yeah. It's the bigger films, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so I don't know why. I guess there's this little part of me like when films like Onward come out that I'm like, eh. And then we watched it. I was like, this is hilarious. And I cried like mm -hmm. a freaking savage through yeah. the end of that film. Um uh, there, there's like Pixar has like this 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 underlying sadism, emotional sadism in yeah. all of their films. It's like the 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 intent is to take you down. Yeah, and they always do. Yeah, in some way or another. They have like psychologists on staff. Though. I'm convinced that <laughs> they know? do. I'm convinced that that like the kind of psychologists that they use for like warfare. Yeah, that they've got those people like sitting in basements. Just thinking about how, how to they make could people, people yeah, cry. emotionally wreck the audience. Yeah. And uh, kudos. Yeah. So, um, all right. But they balance it with good fart jokes, so. <laughs> <laughs> As anyone would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I, I'm going to talk about it because. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but. Usually we, if we don't like a film, we won't talk about yeah, it. But but yeah, but you've talked about it because yeah, yeah. You, you're like a Marvel freak. And so like we're going to have to talk about it. But if I had a choice, I wouldn't talk about it, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's the Wonder Woman's. Yeah. It's the Wonder Woman's. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you already know it's Patty Jenkins. We already know this. I, I don't think she had a hand in writing the first one, but she did in this one. 
Um, well, she had a hand in writing it, but they made her change the ending, from my understanding, and she was okay with it. But let me just let, that's that's what I read, but who knows? I okay. all right. So you you've got Gal Gadot, you've got Kristen Wiig, huge fan Chris of Kristen Pine, Wig, huge fan of Chris Pedro, Pine, uh, Pedro Mando, yeah. <laughs> you got Pedro huge Pascal. fan of Mando. So I'm in on the cast. Yeah, but. Okay, so this for me is a really great example of like this is I'm going to use the I'm going to use the Wolfman example for this, right? Where your actor is only as good as their storyline and their script. Mm-hmm. So you can you can get somebody as amazing as Benicio del Toro, but if this is all he's got to work with, there's just so much he's going to be able to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so he will Chris, kill all of you. I'll kill all of you. So Kristen Wiig's great. Uh, Pedro's great. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine's great, but I, 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 it's okay. So first things first, the CG is atrocious for a film with whatever budget they had that I'm sure was way more than, than most people will ever have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as big as like the Avengers and stuff because they're like, we're not going to give you that much money. But there is, again, there is zero excuse in today's society with technology <laughs> and CG that something should look like that. It was really bad. Mm. It was really bad. And the fact that Kristen Wiig literally looked like Chitara from the Thundercats and that. All right. Well, you go. uh, I just can't. First of all, I'll say that I like Patty Jenkins as a director, and I hope that she continues to make films. I know she's making a Star Wars film next, which I'm very excited about. Mm -hmm. Love the Kristen Wiig. Mm -hmm. Love the Chris Pine. Mm -hmm. Love Mando. Mm -hmm. You know, the cast, for me, I'm in. All right, let's do this. You notice that we we don't praise Gal too much. Well, you know... I don't know. She's fine. You know, I don't want to sit here and, and... But she's the star of the film. You can't be fine. Yeah. I don't I don't want to sit here and... and right. And this trash is, her work th- or anything that's, that's because I'm sure she worked hard here. on it. But it, for me, I just... It was like, okay, it, was, it didn't take me out. I wasn't like, oh my God, this person's such a bad actor. But at the same time, I wasn't like... I felt there was a lot of opportunity for more character development. Yeah. Well, the thing here's the thing. I'm not trashing her as an actor. Right. I'm trashing the character. Right. For me, it was. It was. For me, this was like. This for me, this was like Spider-Man Three, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Three, in that you just had too many villains. Mm. Let's start there, or we'll get into the writing and all that sort of stuff. You know, having Chitara and Mando. (laughs) Chitara. Sorry, Chitara and Mando as (laughs) as the bad guys should have been their own thing. Like there's just not enough time to develop the yes. those those yes. villains, as it were. Cause to me, I I really enjoy and, and look, this may be whatever, but for me, I'm always more interested in the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because because the hero, we expect the hero to be the hero and, and we know the story and how that goes. But to me, there's always interest in the bad guy and how that bad guy became a bad guy or girl, you know, I just mean bad guy in a general term. How they became a bad person, uh, and mop it up, mop it up. Yeah, and um, I think there's, you know, like I think the the Joker is a perfect example of that. Have how you can really yes. like dive into great character development as a as a as the bad as the antagonist. You know, I think there's you have a lot of room to play there, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it was kind of squandered here because look, the message of the film I think resonated with me in this time. You know, it was just. You know, I think that having the this 
not having this kind of like final boss battle, quote unquote, I thought was a real daring kind of thing. And, and that you had this moment where um, Wonder Woman is kind of like reaching out to the people of the world to kind of help her defeat this evil of of their own selves, essentially, you know, their wishes and their own selves. Um, that that idea I'm with. I think that that could have been really interesting. I just it didn't work for me, you know, in, in this. And um, I really it's a shame because I really wanted this movie to do well. I'm not coming at because I love Marvel. I've never been a big fan of the DC films. A couple here and there have some okay moments, but I really wanted this movie to do well, um, which is why I watched it right away when it came out. You know, so um, so it 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 breaks my heart that it didn't that I didn't like it as much as I really wanted to like it. You know, so I'm not coming at it from any kind of preconceived notion of yeah. not wanting to like it. I really wanted to like it. I just didn't. And this movie again fell into the thing of like. There's a moment where Wonder Woman is running down a road, pushing a car on its sideways. Mm -hmm. She has that amount of power. But then she's hanging from a, a car, trying to push another car away with her feet, and she can't do it. Right. So it's like, we're, wait, the strength is inconsistent there. Yeah. And I get it. It's a... It's a it's a, it's it's, a space filler. Yeah. It's a space filler. So, well, space filler, but it's it's just that inconsistency of power that... And a good, whatever. It's it's a it's a superhero movie, so you have to kind of give a lot of those things out. The One of the big things for me was the visual effects were kind of like whatever, but then all of her movements, I knew that she was on a wire, mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't like this kind of like she could jump really high or whatever, you know, we expect that to happen, but it just, it's to me, very stiff. to me, it just felt very much like this person's being pulled on a wire and I could yeah. tell that in their movement, that and the cadence, there's a couple moments in the film where she's running really fast and you know that she was just being hung on a wire going down a street because the cadence of her legs didn't match the cadence. like she was yeah. floating, yeah. Um, but not in a good way. So I, I don't know. To me, that it kind of – that sort of stuff just kind of like took me out a bit. And, you know, I was thinking about it afterwards, and it's kind of like this tricky situation with how, how they brought Chris Pine character back – Chris Pine's character back mm -hmm. because they essentially take over another person's body, and they do whatever they want with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like – what are the moral implications of that? You know what I mean? Like, am I thinking too much about this movie? Maybe. But, you know, when you have a character, Steve Trevor or whatever, and you're like, all right, well, we're just going to take over this guy, this person's body, this guy's body, and I'm going to have sex with him. I'm going to take him on these harrowing adventures and put his life in danger mm -hmm. without any kind of consent right. at all, you know? <laughs> so that – I didn't really think about it at the time because I was just into in the movie and, and watching it and trying to enjoy it. But – Afterwards, I'm like, that's kind of fucked up if you think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if this person was gay and now you just made this person have sex with a woman? What the you fact know that what you're I mean? making like, them have sex with people? <laughs> yeah, just in general. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just, I found that, like, it's kind of problematic. Creepy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's they could have just made him appear. Yeah. You know what I mean? mean? Like, you could have just, like, woke up in an alley or something. Yeah, uh, but you then know? you wouldn't have had that. Oh, it's the romantic moment at the end. All right, look. And and look, I you know, I, I am not one to speak about, you know, women and stuff because I'm not a woman and I don't know. But it doesn't seem to me to tie your power, you know, your hero f female to the love of, of, of a male character. You know what I mean? Get, like, we're going to get into this. I know, okay. like, there was a lot of pushback on the first film for that. And it just I, seemed. But, but people, lo that's the but thing. But maybe you can people speak more to that. People loved that. I find that more. I, I've been hard-pressed to find... Actually, I have not yet found another woman that did not like Wonder Woman, the, the first one. 
Whenever I that did not like it. When I talk to women, they're like, "Oh my god, girl power loved it," and I'm like, "That was horrible," and I hated it. And everything that I hated about it was just this sort of. um, So you have you have this really interesting um, dynamic in 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 Hollywood, right? Especially when it comes to like Marvel and stuff like that. And the way that I feel about it is that uh, if we're going back to the Captain Marvel chaos that ensued when. Brie Larson got the part and 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 mostly guys lost their freaking shit over the fact that she was Captain Marvel and they just hated her and they hated everything about her and they picked her apart. And it's interesting to me because comics and the world of, of, of comics now especially is supposed to be such an inclusive, uh, you know, yeah. diverse world. Yeah. But le- let's be honest here. Female comic book characters were always drawn the same way. Big boobs. There were big boobs with tiny waists and big hair and, you know, long legs. And they were always hypersexualized characters. Uh So this is not a very, uh, this is a a world, if you will, that we still have quite a ways to go in terms of reality. And I, I think that I'm not saying that we should take big boobed girls out of comics because some girls are thin with big boobs. Like that. I don't have an issue with that. It's just this, it's this, um, this weird attitude towards it where it's become the the norm and it's almost become the rule. Mm. And so when even the most open-minded guy is faced with someone like Brie Larson, um, it goes against the desire to have all the female characters be these very soft but sexy, mm. demure, lovesick creatures that constantly smile and look pretty when they cry. On the flip side of that, if you're going to be badass and you're not going to smile, you better have a big rack. Right. I.e., no one has a problem with fucking Black Widow. Right. Okay? I didn't hear one guy bitch about Black Widow. Mm -hmm. And there's two reasons for that. And that's all I'm going to say there. So the problem with Brie Larson was she wasn't well known. She's not a sex pot. She's got a flat ass and her boobs aren't big enough. Mm. Because they attacked that woman's ass. Yeah. For days. Yeah. Uh, not every woman has a big bubbly ass. Yeah. It's just, just how it works. Um, unless she keeps her powers in there, I don't understand how that's relevant. But anyway, <laughs> so there's so so there's 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 this this uh prejudice in there that for me, when I watched Wonder Woman initially, despite the fact that it was supposed to be this like girl power film. For me, it felt like quite the opposite. I hated this character and I felt like she represented everything, every stereotype of mm-hmm. what women have been in Hollywood. Okay. The only thing I liked about this film, the newer one, 84, was the opening sequence. I I appreciated oh, them just okay. getting to the story. Mm-hmm. Although I was like, didn't we go through this already the first time around? Like, why are we going back to this? We already established yeah. How I, her I felt character like that was just, came I, to be. I didn't be. understand how that. I mean, there, I know there was like some lines and moments they took from what she learned in that, you know, implied it, whatever. But to me, it just felt but we disconnected learned that from the yeah, first time around because it wasn't like the first the, 20 minutes of that movie, like her being in this land of women. Yeah. So, first of all, which, you know, biologically doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I can, I can be a feminist. And still love men. And I know that a mm-hmm. lot of guys don't understand that because they want to believe that if you're a feminist that you hate men. Yeah. Um, just logistically, I don't understand how all these women were just birthed without men. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. But Might be in the I, comics I felt like we went through all this. We had this lesson and we learned about her as a child and all that before. Mm -hmm. So why are we back here? But it was the only part of the film that I liked because it got to the point, mm -hmm. sort of. It was it kind of opened with an action sequence. And it was like, all yeah. right, you know, like... But the rest of the film really dragged so much so that I like walked away from it a couple times and I was like, you don't have to pause it because I like I'm not even I don't care yeah. at this point because I'm not invested in anybody. And that's the problem. All right. What other problems that I have? Let's go. I'll, I'll say one thing that I that I found interesting is that interesting, but you didn't like. No, interesting in a good way is that in the first film, you had this this kind of fish out of water element mm -hmm. with her, you know, being like, what is this world of people? And, and then you had Chris Pine as this kind of centering character that was like, oh, this is the world or whatever. And then they flipped it in this one where Chris Pine was out of his element and then mm -hmm. she was kind of incorporating. I thought he had these really great, subtle, funny moments, Chris Pine. And, um, but that's the, that was one of my problems. Yeah. That was one of my problems is that um, you have you have these films that, let's be realistic on, on, on a, a production company standpoint, they're looking to make money. So they're going to jump on whatever bandwagon they can jump on and they're going to call it one thing. But what they're really looking to do is to grab a certain audience mm -hmm. and market mm -hmm. the shit out of that. Yeah. So, you know, they didn't make Black Panther because they weren't hoping to make millions of dollars. Of course, they were hoping to make millions and millions of dollars. Um, but to me, having Chris Pine be her guide in the first one, in the first one, oh, okay. Would have was like the equivalent to me of having like if you had had a white savior in Black Panther. Oh, from that perspective, yeah, it's I'm like, just talking okay, about the so, dynamic switch. Yeah, no, that I know that. But what I'm saying is the reason why I didn't like the film, the the first film, was because look, I love Chris Pine. I think he's hilarious. He delivered his like his comedic his comedy timing is his comedic timing is is really really good. Mm -hmm. um, Horrible Bosses 2 is one of my favorite comedies. As weird as that sounds, whenever I say that to people, they're like, what? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I love that movie. And he's great in it. Um, but it was like, we're, so we're getting, we're finally getting a movie about a powerful woman. And she's an idiot. Oh, the, yeah, first one. She's yeah. a complete idiot. And she has to have this guy explain everything to her. And that's not because I'm so sensitive and because I hate men. But it's like, come on. Like, why can't you just have a strong character be a strong character? Why does it have to constantly add this this sort of sexist element to it? And then for me, it was like, what is her obsession with love? That's the dumbest motivator that I've ever heard of for a, a superhero. This is so stupid. And it, so to me, it did the opposite. I felt like, I'm not going to say it took us back, but it left us in the same damn place. I didn't feel any more empowered as a woman by having this character and having a movie about her. Um, I'm just going to go back for a second. I absolutely cannot stand the fact that everybody has this, like they regurgitate this exaggerated scene of what the 80s looked like. The 80s yeah. didn't look like that. And the only people that enjoy that shit are people that can't move on. Okay. People that live in the past. And so they'll take anything that feels nostalgic to them and people who were three or weren't yet born. Yeah. Okay. Saying, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I grew up in the 80s. You were four in 1989. Yeah. Or you were two in 1989. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you didn't grow up in the 80s. You grew up in the 90s. Yeah. And that's where your memory is. And so it's this very after school special attempt at making an 80s set, which is the most it's, 80s set that's yeah. ever 80s yeah. that you've ever seen. The 80s in films are more 80s than the 80s were. Exactly. Yeah. Because we don't like... 
as a society, we don't feng shui our way out of a decade. Yeah. Right. So when the 1950s came, they didn't destroy everything that existed from the 40s. In fact, most of everything in the 1950s still looked like the 1940s with elements of new yeah, technology. Yeah. And in the 80s, it's like they take every single thing that existed by the late 80s and they apply that to the early 80s. And yeah. it's like, no, that's not what it looked like. The er 1984 would have looked a lot like 1977, except with more colors. <laughs> with less brown and orange and more like highlighter type neon colors. Yeah. But it wasn't, it's like this just, it's so this saturated 80s look. Yeah. And again, like that looks great to people that were born in 2004. Yeah. Because it's like, oh my God, that's so 80s, you know, yeah, but yeah. that isn't what the 80s looked like. I've been in malls in the 80s. They didn't look like that. Yeah. They were, I assure you, they were not that colorful. And it, it and, and I'm not just saying them. Everyone does this. Like everyone makes everything so 80s. And the first show, production, whatever, to sort of be more realistic with that was Stranger Things. Then they went too far. Yeah. But in the first season of Stranger yeah, yeah. Things, everything was very brown. Yeah. And that was the 80s. Yeah. We had some things in color, but everything was very brown. If you go watch movies from the 80s, Harry and the Hendersons, Goonies, you know, all mm -hmm. of these types of films, it wasn't this Technicolor. Yeah, that well, didn't the problem exist. is that they're trying to sum up an entire decade in, in one, one. Yeah, in one scene, and it's too much. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, somebody's listening right now, going like, "What's your fucking point?" <laughs> and my point is <laughs> they that they say that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the whole entire episode. What is your fucking point, woman? Um, my point is just that set design is so important, mm -hmm. and so some when you when when as soon as I see that, it's it's almost clown like. You know, yeah. I can't take, I can't even get into the scene because I'm just looking at the surroundings and be like, oh my God, this is so exaggerated and ridiculous that I, I'm not taking that seriously. Um, okay. So none of these characters had any depth mm. whatsoever. I didn't care what happened to Wonder Woman. I didn't care what happened to Kristen Wiig. I didn't care what happened to Chris Pine. I didn't care what happened to Perry. I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. There was nothing about them that, that sort of, um, there was nothing about them that explained who they were. Yeah. It was just these people that existed suddenly out of nowhere, and yeah. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't invested in any I of these thought, characters. Like Pedro Pascal's character's arc could have been really interesting, um, but I just felt like it was, it was just so rushed. Do you know? Do you know what my issue with him is that he was at ten from the, the whole time. jump? Yeah, and look, and I think Pedro's he played ten actor. well, but he so should, yeah. again, this is not this is not like oh, because he he's a bad actor. It's the the way this was written, yeah. the way they wrote that character. They had the dude at ten from the the from the jump. Yeah, like the entire. time. I didn't mind it at the beginning because I felt like okay, this this is a larger than life character and and that's whatever. But then just like when he got to eleven and twelve, and I was just like, okay, well, it was enough. and then and then just boom, I'm I'm good now. Yeah, which made no sense. Which yeah. made no sense at all. Just the character development was it was like terrible. that terrible. It was like that Diana moment in the. Batman for Superman, where they're like, that's your mom's name. That's what, you know, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, my kid. Boom. I'm a good yeah. guy now. Yeah. I, I just. Um, like you had this kid all the time. It, it really was. It was too much for me. Um, but I think that idea of having this person who deep down is probably a good person because he's a good dad. So we would assume that this character has some semblance of a good human being in them and then gets just um, uh 
obsessed with power and what power can do to like good people and then having it turn back to be like oh wait you know i am a good person because i love my kid and stuff i think that arc could have been really interesting i just didn't feel it was really flushed out i I, you know i think the problem is that when you have a character that is at 10 the entire time there's no time for progression yeah so even in the beginning i mean he he was never a good guy yeah, he was right, never but I really feel like, a good guy. Right, but I feel like that's what they're trying to show with the fact of how, like, that he was, that he did kind of care about his son at the beginning and whatever, but... I, it, it, I didn't even feel like he cared about that kid right. very much in the beginning. In the but beginning. I feel like, so at the end, but I know that was, they were trying to do that. Yeah, you know? but they failed really miserably because saying. it was just... I just didn't just, feel like it was... It, it, it just didn't... There was nothing about this guy that made me feel like he was ever really good. Mm-hmm. And... That goes into my next point, which which was that the foreshadowing was borderline insulting. <laughs> I'm not a Wonder Woman fan in terms of the story. Um, again, when when I was into comics, I was more into DC, so I didn't follow Wonder Woman yeah. very much. So I went into this not knowing the villains, and I knew from the second the character was on screen what was going to happen. The second we met Kristen Wiig, I was like, this girl is going to be a villain. The second I saw Pedro, I was like, this guy's the villain. Mm-hmm. There was no question about it. And so they sort of gave you the whole story immediately, yeah. which I thought was really ridiculous. Um, I liked Kristen Wiig, you know, because I'm a huge fan of hers. And I liked some of the stuff she did in the film, especially later on in, in some of her character, uh, some of her uh, acting, you know, the the dialogue notwithstanding. At the beginning, it just kind of let her fall back on her kind of awkward SNL kind of style. Yeah, but I like to see I liked seeing her progression in in terms of her acting later on, and like, can she pull off that type of? Acting? Yeah, I think she and absolutely I, can. Like that's yeah. what's frustrating because Kristen Wiig's actually a good dramatic actor, but she's yeah. given um, it's like the Melissa McCarthy thing where it's like it's there's a thing with SNL, mm-hmm. um, people that come off SNL where you sort of get pigeonholed in comedy. Well, I think that that's, happens a lot, especially with women. Yeah, and so you know. Uh, um, for her, I think that, you know, but she she was in films like Skeleton Twins. She can yeah. do serious stuff. Um, and so I I was excited that she was in it. But again, I just don't think that the the writing was really great in yeah. terms for in terms of using that talent, her talent in that character. And so there wasn't very much for her to work with, just like there wasn't very much for anybody yeah. else to work with. This is a weird film because I feel bad not liking it because I just wanted to like it so bad. Because I yeah. love the cast. I like the director. Every, oh, the other thing that about it that I just felt like it just felt very digital to me. Yes. It didn't really film very feel very yeah, cinematic. That's actually, yeah, that's actually you know? a good point. I, I didn't really feel like even with the Marvel films, I feel like there's there sometimes no there's warmth. there's there's this great they have like like I know in Endgame they have this great moment where they're outside this um, uh, thing I don't know it just looked almost like an indie film mm-hmm. whereas this everything just felt very cold and digital and not very cinematic um, yeah I'll, I agree with that it was it was just a weird thing but having said that it's it. <sighs> I don't want to say like it breaks my heart, but it does make me really sad because I just wanted to really like this movie. I've been dying for a good DC film to come along. I'm a huge fan of, like I said, been saying the director and the cast and everything. And I just wanted it to be good. And I just, uh, I I got the sads that I didn't like it. (laughs) I mean, it might've been our TV because our TV isn't very good. You know what I mean? Um, I I think going back to the foreshadowing, which I think is um, 
it's a double-edged sword because we do unfortunately live in a society where people love to be spoon-fed every single moment and act in a script. But again, I felt like not knowing anything about this, uh, really much about the characters that were going to come from it, I felt like Pedro might as well have walked in with one of those stickers that says, hello, I'm the villain. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig would have walked in and her sticker would have been like, hi, I'm naive and driven by insecurity, therefore susceptible to persuasion. Yeah. And that's crappy. Yeah. <laughs> because I already knew everything I was going to get from these people the yeah. second I saw them. I was like, oh, you're okay. She's that kind of girl and she's going to be jealous of her looks. So when she finally gets what she wants, she's going to totally just fall for it mm -hmm. and she's going to go over to the dark side. Um, and uh, yeah. And then my my other really big issue that I had said when I said, OK, we'll talk about that, that is that I feel like, look, I love Chris Pine. But if this is supposed to be about Wonder Woman and this is supposed to be some groundbreaking thing in our, you know, in our history of having, you know, female um, Marvel character leading and all that. DC. Uh, DC, sorry. Uh, is that um, shouldn't see. I mean. I don't know. It's not. It's not a character that I don't like. The the good characters. All right. I was a DC. I was a DC fan, but I liked all the bad guys. Mm -hmm. I was like Batman and Lobo and like the, you know the ones mm -hmm. that you really shouldn't root for. I liked all those. The darker the, the comic book was, the better. Yeah. And to me, when you have like the good guys, they might as well be Marvel to me. Yeah. <laughs> if there's red, white, and blue on them, I'm like, that's Marvel. I don't know. Like it's because it's this marketable like yeah, you know yeah. fun thing and. Um, so it's like, I don't even really see it as DC, like, you know, Spawn and Venom, like they were all very dark, dark characters and I liked them. Um, but if this was supposed to be about this groundbreaking moment for women in comic movies, mm -hmm. they gave all the best lines to Chris Pine. Like he had the best character in the one, in the first <clears throat> one. And even in this one, yeah. like just, there was just no depth to her character at all. Like even when she saw him, it was like, oh, it's you. That's it. <laughs> like that's all you got you know yeah. what i mean yeah, like yeah. that's the best we can do like that that's that's okay so that was kind of weird and quite honestly there was absolutely he served zero purpose in this film yeah. other than to give her a reason to cry about something mm. because the film and the character would not have been complete if she didn't fall apart at the thought of losing love mm. and that is all wonder woman is about she is motivated by love and she's motivate, motivated by the fear of losing love. So he served no purpose. Mm. His character had no purpose other than to give her a reason to cry. Mm. Because before he got there, she was like a, a yardstick. She had the emotional range of a yardstick. <laughs> and then he showed up. And even in the end, when she's saying her goodbyes, I didn't believe a fucking word of that. Her crying was so forced. Mm. It just was like, and then it's like, so he was the whole motivation. And then she's like, all right, beepity bop. And she like <laughs> moved on after like, oh, I guess you're dead again. Yeah. You know, which it didn't make sense to me because if she had been super emotional about it and then he showed up would be like, well, he's wrecked her again. But it was almost like he was this thing in her past that she loved once. And then he showed up from the dead. Yeah. And it was like, oh, whatever. And now she's back to where she started. And then she's flirting with like, like Buddy McAdey pants over there, yeah. whose body they stole. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? The only like cool moment 
was the Linda Carter cameo, yeah. which is like, okay, Post-credit yay. Post-credit sequence, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, that 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 was cool and everything, but it was like three seconds and it did not make up for the rest of what mm. I had to endure. Yeah. It just didn't. I'm sorry. And and I, 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 I think the worst thing that we can do for the 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 progression of women in the film bin, business is to pander for the sake of saving face and seeming like you're you you have to be supportive. I think Patty Jenkins she knows her shit. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't like this. I I don't like these movies. Yeah. It, they're, they just, I, they're, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I watch whatever she does after this. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. But Star Wars. I know, unfortunately, it'll be a Star <laughs> Wars thing. But um, I just like, for me, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that, that worked for me. And, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write her. It's not like, oh, it's because it's a woman. See, that's the problem is that people are like, it's because you're a little woman director. Uh, uh, yeah. director. Like, no, yeah. no, it's, it, it's not. It's just, I'll keep watching her films sucks. just like I'll keep watching M. Night's films. M. Knight's a good, he's a good egg. He just, he goes rogue sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> he goes rogue. Um, but look, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're talking, at the end of the day, we're talking about a director, the woman who directed Monster in like Charlize Theron, one of her best roles. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't about what she's capable of. It's just that it's, it's, hard. A, it's a franchise least, uh, yeah. that I just don't you like. You don't know how much creative control she had yeah, over it and i don't know what you know if if she had and she said she was like done with it for a while or yeah. or permanently i don't remember but that she was kind of like oh it's it the 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 inflection was that she was kind of over it yeah so yeah i don't i don't know what they're allowing her to do and how much pushback i mean yeah. they made her change the ending obviously of the first one yeah so you know there but must have she been. apparently still loved what that that she had done but in the apparently well, she's gonna be like i hated it yeah you know right. I mean? of course but she's gonna say apparently that. in the first one because i actually didn't mind the first half of the first one you know i thought there was some interesting things there in terms of from a pure like superhero perspective film um i like the time period and the whatever british lady was she's brilliant she, yeah. she made the film it, but um uh, apparently the ending was a more similar to this one in that there wasn't some big, huge boss battle. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we reviewed the first one, when we talked about how the ending felt like a second ending to it mm-hmm. is because they made, you know, initially the, from what I read, the, the initial ending wasn't some big, huge, you know, mm-hmm. boss battle or whatever. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't, uh, I, I don't get a lot of these the comic movies i feel yeah. like there's just too much of them the the only one that i i was remotely interested in was black widow because it was darker yeah and it felt like uh, an action film that happened to have like comic book characters in it mm. it had this like when i watched the trailer it had this like born identity thing going on yeah. that i was like oh this is like actually feels more like an action film and so i would probably enjoy this more um and then yeah so now we don't know what the hell's going on with that but these like the more over the top it is, uh, the less interested I am. The only other one that I'll be interested in and looking forward to, which is over the top, is She Hulk because I love Tatiana Maslany. Mm-hmm. So it's like, of course, I'm going to watch. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't feel like she would attach herself to a film that would just be generic and cookie cutter. She seems like the type of person. I mean, who knows? You know, girls got to eat, but 
you know. Yeah, if, but it's also that things change. You know, you go in and it's one thing and then right. all of a sudden they're like, well, we're changing 70% of what you loved about this and you're yeah. already contracted and can, in. And, or, or you already shot it and <laughs> yeah, they're going to re-edit yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to gonna be... just edit this to be something totally different. And and as an actor, you if you don't want to be blacklisted or have issues, you have to support the shit out yeah. of that film and say that you love it. I don't know who's directing it, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at the I'm very to, least, she's going to give a good her, performance. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> so. to see her in that in in a more mainstream thing. I think that'll be fun to see. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and I mean, it's a I, show, so we have nothing else to. And Mark Ruffalo will be in it. Okay, could you, you not go. like Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, <laughs> he's adorbs. Um, yeah. So we there's nothing else. We have nothing else to tear apart. <laughs> in the, in the, the theme of Christmas, Christmas yeah. week. Uh, I hated this. Uh, I, I just, like I said, I wouldn't have even reviewed it, but you have talked about it and wa yeah. wanting to watch it. And so I was like, all right, we're going to have to do this. And, um, I, I think it's going to be the same as it always is. There's going to be one side that's like, I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then you're going to have people like us that are like, mm, not so much. Yeah. I, I think it was pretty, it was pretty not great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say that the first one at least had the 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 grading was really nice in that mm -hmm. especially the the evening scenes they had this like really beautiful grading yeah, yeah. to the night scenes and it it had this very cinematic look this film looked like they lost about like 25% of their film. budget yeah i i i like if you'd said to me that they lost 25% of their budget mid shoot i'd believe you because it looked like they were scrambling yeah and came up with yeah a netflix superhero movie it just didn't match the for the quality at least just the cinematic quality of the first one at all yeah um yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> like, <laughs> feel like a jerk but well this is look the i've been torn apart our work has been torn about torn apart and, and you know criticized and um it's 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 more than me just saying this sucked i'm telling you what didn't work for yeah me. yeah Oh, this, totally. It wasn't and, and like for Patty me, Jenkins sucks and these actors suck. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, this is the importance of having a really cohesive, strong story. It didn't. The story wasn't strong. The characters weren't strong. And this is what happens. Mm -hmm. You move on. Yeah. Listen, Patty Jenkins is crying in, in her $100 bills. You know what I mean? Mm, I, yeah. I'm sure she she's going to be fine. And, I, and I, I'm not writing somebody off because they made something that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, it's just. Definitely not. This is, you know, this, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, Mino Likey, Soul, Likey, Mando yeah. Likey. Right. All right, then. All right. Well, you know, what they, you know, the thing that people in offices say that you hate, see you oh, next God, year. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. Well, we have to give our shout outs. Yeah. Okay. So, so see relax. you next year and shout outs to MoGraph.com. Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comic Cast, not up for debate. Um, if you're an indie person and you got the movies and the things. You know, send it our way. Send it our way. We do have some. We have at least two uh, exciting guests for January that I'm really looking forward to. So, um, yeah, if you have a film or something that yeah. you want us to check out, it's Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Not even. If Bruce Campbell came on the show, it would be me interviewing him because you would not say a word. Mm -hmm. I'd just be staring at him <laughs> You'd lovingly, just be staring at the laptop, just starstruck. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, it's been a year. I'll say at least that. Yeah. Jesus and, uh, Christ, it's been a year. Hopefully next year is a lot less memorable. <laughs> yeah. Or memorable Real. for much better reasons. Yeah. Bye. Bye.